Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy to be here. I am just so excited with this show because I get to talk to such really cool people, hot conversations, cool conversations, creativity. You might not all realize it, but everything you do in your life is some way of creating something because we didn't come with a script. Okay, let's get over it. This is Read My Lips. It is, we're live. We're on Facebook. To my panelists, please wave hello to Facebook. Everybody wave hi. It is, let's check the date now. It's October 18th. You know, we were wondering, would we ever get through 2020 and now it's, where's 2021 going? It's kind of fast, I think. Maybe it's okay. We're not out of the woods yet. This is the 291st day of the Gregorian calendar. I always say thank you to Greg, Gregory, Greggy, whatever his mother called him. I think he had a good calendar. There's 74 days left to the year. It's the 41st Monday of 2021, and nobody cares about that except me. But the reason I'm telling you there's 74 days left, if you plan to celebrate on December 31st, in any big way, with anything in a glass, a cup, a punch bowl, a stein, a bathtub, make sure you either buy it soon or you brew it soon. That could mean Kahlua in the sink in the garage. It could mean gin in the bathtub. Mickey, you got a gin? Any gin in the bathtub? Mickey, I got gin. I'm not telling. <laughs> That's one of the best answers I've ever heard. So I just want you all to know, 74 days left is not a lot of time to get something brewed to the right whatever distilling you want, whatever percent of alcohol and flavoring. It's time. I want my guests, before I introduce them formally, although you all heard a little bit from Mickey, I want you all to join me. I'm going to count to three, and we're going to say, hello, LLL. I know you can all do that because we practiced. One, two, three. Hello, LLL. Oh, she got the royal treatment from Mr. Royal down here on the left-hand corner. LLL is lovely, lanky, Laura Legs, my most loyal listener, and she's on Long in Long Island, Whitestone. It's sort of Long Island, and we're still trying to get money raised, fictional money, to move her to London. So it would be, just sound so cool. Lovely, lanky, Laura Legs, our most loyal listener in London. I met Laura in a ballroom, at a ballroom dance years ago. She and I were part of a big group of, of boys and girls, men and women, ball ballroom dancing used to go every weekend i taught dancing for many years and we stayed friends and she is there every monday night listening to the show and i'm warning my guests at 801 p.m eastern i will get an email from laura and she will tell me what she took away from each of you what she thinks you said that impacted her and she'll tell me how wonderful you all were so just so you know, at least one person is listening. I can't vouch for who's watching on Facebook, but they're there somewhere. So let's go around the table. Let me just do a quick, quick introduction here. Mickey Royal. Mickey, I've never met anybody like you at the Publicity Summit. Mickey, I've, he admits to the following. He's a former gangster. He's a former drug dealer. He's a former legendary pimp. He's a former mob enforcer. I think this is all former. Am I right about this, Mickey? Yes, it is. Okay, I, I feel better now. He's a former pornographer. He's a current best-selling author. And the FBI uses his book, and here it is. Nobody gets shocked. This is important. The Pimp Game Instructional Guide. And it's a textbook for FBI agents to get into the minds and inner workings of human traffickers. Mickey, welcome. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Never met anybody like you before. Let me introduce the other two, and then we will go into deep dive 
bios from each of you. Dr. Rachel A. Winston, wave hello, Rachel. Rachel is the president and CEO of an interesting company called Lizard Publishing. I won't say that's creepy, but she'll tell us where she got that. She has published only six books while she was in lockdown in the past year, and it's only October 20, October 18th, so she probably is going to publish another six books this year while she was hunkered down. Rachel has a thing about not living in real estate she owns. She lives on cruise ships. She lives in hotels. She lives all over the world, and she figured out how to get free rooms, free hotels, and maximize her points, and we're going to learn a little bit about her creative living style and her creative travel style. So Rachel Winston, welcome very much. And then we have Dr. Jennifer Ewell. We have two doctors with us, and I bet Mickey is an honorary doctor of a lot of things as well, Mickey. We'll, we'll grant you that. We'll give you honorary. Jennifer Ewell tried to join us last week and had a little bit of a technology interruption. Those of you on Facebook, Jennifer's got some friends she brought with her. I see at least two donkeys in the background. They're live. If you hear some donkey noises, it's not Jennifer, it's her friends in the background. She said she might mute. And Jennifer is a university linguistics professor, which is fascinating to me. But she's also the founder and director of an organization called the Farmet, F-A-R-M-E-T-T-E. It's a 501c3, get this, donkey and horse rescue sanctuary and an adoption service in Pennsylvania. Jennifer, wave hello to everybody. We're so happy and your lighting is beautiful today, Jennifer. So thank you for that. Let's go around the table. Mickey Royal, you're up first. I'm going to put you on full speaker view. Would you please honor us with your real bio and a little bit about do you wake up every day and say, I'm a creative person. I can do anything I want. I'm not so sure about that one. Mickey, talk to us and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Do I wake up every day like that? Wake up is a It's a funny word because you have to sleep first. So (laughs) touche. I'm up up 48, 72 hours. I get five hours here, two hours there. I get a series of naps. I have kind of a cat schedule. So I lose track of days. So I'm always up, always writing the creative part of it. Yes. Tell me about the bio I read, former drug and drug dealer, enforcer, mob enforcer, gangster. What does this all mean? It's words on a page to me in a bio. I met you at the publicity summit and I thought that sounds interesting. How much of this is, 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 I don't know what this means. Tell me, what did you do that got you into these fields, Mickey? Just briefly. Uh, it started early, uh, age 13. And it was a, it was a natural ascend or descend, depending on how you're looking at it. But it was just like in any life or any lifestyle, there are levels, there are certain sections. It's like if you work for a certain corporation, you can work down in maintenance, you can work in the package room, you can be in a corporate, but it's all the same building. So it was just a natural progression. And I never, I have a habit of never saying no. I say yes to everything because I always used to tell people I'll try anything twice. So because if I say no, I can't say yes later. But if I say yes, I can always say no later. So I always say yes immediately, and it's gotten me in high places and low. <laughs> Fascinating. And, and Mickey, I have to ask, when did you, when did what you were doing that I said is former, when did it become former, and when did you decide to write a book, and how did the FBI say, we want to know what you know? That's, that's what we're all waiting to hear. Then we'll go around the table. But go ahead, Mickey. When did the, the, the transfer, transformation, the changeover from being that to being former those? Well, when you're, when you're in that type of lifestyle, what you really do is deal in pain. And you, it, it just wears on you after decades of delivering it and receiving it. 
And it just started to wear on me and it just got to me and got to me and certain incidents happened and I said, no more. And I said, I'm gonna quit, I'm gonna quit all of it. And that was it. I left with a young lady and um, I experienced a little tragedy and some things happened and here I am. But I had changed before I went away. It's just, I couldn't do it. I just wasn't gonna do it anymore, any of it. Cause I was involved in a lot of things and even the pornography, I quit in the middle of a, a shoot. And I finished the shoot, but something changed right in the middle of the shoot. And I said, that was it for all of it. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do now, but I know what I'm not going to do. Well, you had a lot of stories and a lot of information. One quick question. Did the FBI come looking for your book? Did you go to them and say, I'm going to write a book and you're going to be able to use it to help people? What was that process, Mickey? Well, fortunately or unfortunately, I've had dealings with the FBI since I was a teenager. So we've been in and, in, in and out of each other's lives since I was 17 years old. So they've already, like they said, we always know what you're doing and, you know, so you're very interesting. So when my book came out, I think they got it first because a lady contacted me and she needed a reorder. And I didn't know they had ever ordered it because, you know, they probably got it off Amazon or whatever. But she said we needed to buy it less expensively. So we figured we'd come to the source. So I gave him a wholesale price and I said, you order the same amount in the same time increments each, every three months. And I said, what's that for? She said, well, I teach a class at the FBI on human trafficking and we use your book as a textbook because it's the only one that gets into the mind because we're going after it physically. And I said, well, I guess I'm glad I can help. <laughs> you know? So they, that's how they do it. It was the reorders of the consistency. I said, who are you? So they had already known and had been doing it. Like she said, been, we've been using your book for years, but wow. we figured we wanted a cheaper price. So we came to you directly and they got the wholesale rate. FBI on a budget for book buying. This is, Mickey, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't stop saying, wow, I have to stop it. Mickey, thank you for giving us the information to fill in the blanks that everybody wanted to know. I'm going to give you a, a break now. Dr. Rachel Winston, so happy to see you. It's been months since we met at the Publicity Summit. Would you please do me the honor of introducing yourself to my listeners, our viewers? Go ahead, Rachel. Sure. Actually, I identify with um, with Mickey because I started college when I was 13, so our lives were kind of different. But um, I started college at, uh, at 13, and I, um, I also don't sleep. People wonder how can I do so many things, but Mainly, it's because I don't sleep. And um, also, another thing that Mickey said was that I jump at everything. So, um, so if someone brings up something, I'm like, okay, let's just try it. So that's why uh, living in a hotel permanently, since I've been homeless for 21 years, um, living in a hotel is not a big deal. Um, it's convenient. Um, I started call, I started with uh, chemistry and chemical engineering, then became a math professor. And uh, now I'm a publisher and I do college admissions, which is why um, this is a really, really busy time of the year for me, because um, that uh, early action deadlines are on November 1st. But um, it's I think that um, you, you read you talked about creativity. And I think that um, a person who lives in creativity can always look at something from a little bit different angle and try to um, to create something out of nothing, which is why I spend most of my time working on college entrance essays. 
Um, so I help people tell their story. I write books. You already said that I wrote six books last year. Um, I plan to write more than that this year. Um, so uh, I'm a big book writer, but I spend a lot of time um, helping people tell their stories to admissions um, because a lot of students have amazing stories, but they really don't know how to relay them. So we kind of talk about them and um, get an idea. So you can see all the medical school books around me. A lot of my students are applying to medical school and, um, you know, I, I've just lived a crazy life. Very interesting. By the way, Mickey and Rachel, I have to tell you, I sleep as little as possible, but I try to get about five hours a night, but I might sleep from three in the morning till eight. If I don't have a radio show, I'm a business enterprise broadcaster for technology and business strategy. If I don't have a radio show till 11, I might go to sleep at three and wake up around eight and be ready for my 11 o'clock show. So I'm, I'm with you on that. We'll find out from Jennifer in a second how much she sleeps. Well, hold on, Jennifer, one second. But Rachel, two questions. Lizard Publishing. I told you I was going to ask you, Lizard, how did you come up with that name for the name of your publishing company? Rachel? So um, so what happened was uh, I noticed that my students once went to college, um, they got a job, and they retired and got their gold watch. But over the years, I've been doing this for 35 years, now students go to one college and take few classes, and they their transcript has five different colleges on it. Um, they're... Their life is, uh, even when they take a job, they take five different jobs. So their, trans their uh, job applications, applications to college and so forth look like um, they, they dabbled or they nibbled in a lot of different places. So I called my students lizard because they just uh, crawled around finding all the things that were interesting to them rather than doing one thing, which was, you know, I was born in the 50s. So life was really different at the time. You, you did one thing and that was what you you went to one college, you had one job and you went on, but um, life is different. And so all my students are like lizards and uh, my <laughs> books are, um, even my books are so eclectic because four of my books were on China. So um, they're not even on this whole medical school round that I spend my uh, career in. Sounds like you're part of lifelong learning and you are a lifelong learner and a lifelong teacher. One quick question for you. You said you're going to give us some tips on living in a hotel for free or free. What's your number one tip for my listeners, my viewers today on how to get a free hotel room or is that possible? Rachel? Uh, I think that the one surprise for listeners would be that you can accumulate points very quickly once you are on a status where your points multiply. So if you become a you know, lifetime platinum elite or whatever it is on a different hotel uh, chain, then every time you get a point, you get a lot of points. And so I can have millions of points and therefore um, I only pay for 10 months in a hotel and get two months free. Oh, wow, very interesting. Well, thank you very much. We'll get more from you on that. Thank you very much. Jennifer, time to unmute. I have to tell our listeners, LLL, Jennifer is in a barn with her <laughs> legged friends behind her, and she's trying to obfuscate anything they might say or do behind her. And she is a very much a, a beautiful human being, and she's going to talk now. So Jennifer Ewald, Dr. Ewald, welcome. So happy to have you. Sorry we couldn't get you on last week, but I'm delighted you're here. Go ahead. I'm putting you on speaker view. Whatever happens behind you, it's okay. <laughs> Talk to us. It's your time to shine here. Tell us your bio. How did you go from linguistics professor to adopting donkeys and horses? We got to hear that. Jennifer, welcome. Thanks, Fred. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I'm a university linguistics professor in Philadelphia currently. 
And about 15 years ago, I moved into the area. I had a horse and the horse needed a friend. So I went to a local rescue to find my horse a friend. And I was walking toward the back of the organization's fields and walked past a little pen that had two cute little creatures in it. And they caught my attention. And I said, what are those? And the answer was miniature donkeys. And that was the beginning of the end for me. Um, from that point on, I fell completely in love. So I adopted the horse that I needed, but those two little donkeys came home with me too. And uh, that, that started a, a process of learning for me, of, of learning what animals, donkeys and horses, and certainly other animals face in terms of, of horrible situations. Um, so the more I learned, the more I wanted to do. So I, I crept up to having six donkeys and realized I can no longer be a lake. I need to be a river. I need for these donkeys to come in and go out. So I eventually became a, uh, an organization. We started, we have a board. Um, we're a 501c3. So we rescue donkeys from all kinds of situations. We're primarily focused on donkeys, although we do horses too. So we get them from kill lots. We get them from auctions, from owner surrenders. We rehabilitate them, meet their physical needs, deal with whatever behavior issue, issues they have, and then find them homes. So that's a kind of a full-time job in addition to the full-time job. So Mickey's cat schedule and Dr. Rachel's lizards. So I'm adding the donkeys. We're, we're getting all the different species uh, included here. <laughs> I, should, I should have called this episode creative sleep patterns. There we go. Or just or creatures. <laughs> creatures. Do you, are you a creature of sleep? Jennifer, I have to ask. You mentioned you saw those two little miniature donkeys. You brought the horse. Did you happen to have a barn on your property already? Did I did. To- I did. I had a barn. So there was a start. There was a way to start. I had a barn with a very lonely horse who needed a friend. Horses need friends and donkeys need donkey friends. So that's always a kind of a mantra for our organization that people who want to get a donkey can't just have one. They have to have at least two. Um, Otherwise they're lonely. Now, Jennifer, we know there's been a trend in the past couple of years of people adopting goats. Mickey, have you heard of goat farms and petting, petting goats? I grew up in L.A. I've seen quite a few goats in the yard. I bet you have. And I know New Jersey is very popular for that. Rachel, I don't think you've seen too many goats in the hotels where you stay or the cruise ships, I'm guessing. But so are donkeys going to become a trend, Jennifer? Yes. In fact, I'd say they have become a trend. Last year, maybe a bit, maybe the last two years were the years of the llama. And, you know, Fala Lama, all those things that you see on things that are sold around the holidays. I think donkeys have pretty much uh, taken on that role. They're, they've become quite popular. So very famous people have donkeys. Uh, Martha Stewart, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You can hear the donkey behind me shouting out for, I don't know if you can hear, hear him yes. or not, but... <laughs> And what do you do when donkeys? I'm going to ask a terrible question. Do they have babies in your barn? Do they do they procreate? Do they mate? They well, no, because we take care of that and make it okay. impossible. That's that's okay. we're not we're not into that because of the the overpopulation problem. It's part of what we're working against. But many times when we get them, they are already pregnant. So we've had mm. uh, three babies born here in the past four or five oh. years. And so can one you tell just us- just behind me. <laughs> How do you name a donkey? What kind of names? <laughs> Seriously. We have Hark, Hope, Aggie, Kai, Frankie, Benno, Mabel, uh, Cinnamon. They come, names just come. I'm I'm always glad when people suggest them because I eventually run out of ideas. Oh, (laughs) we can have a naming contest here. That's right. My lips. Name Jennifer Ewald, Dr. Ewald's next next baby dunk. You'll keep us posted, okay? We'll be glad. We need a red one. (laughs) <laughs> is, is there such a thing? Kind of. 
On that note, I'm going to move on to the part of the show where I've asked my guests to send me their favorite movie quote or one of their favorite movie quotes, and they're going to relate it to our topic of creativity. So Mickey Royal, you're up first. Mickey has sent us a quote from Marlon Brando playing Michael Corleone and The Godfather. How am I doing, Mickey? And The Godfather 3, thank you very much. And here's the quote, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Could you even hear that? Mickey, rescue me. You'll rescue a donkey later. Rescue me. How did you pick this quote? How did you find it? What does that have to do with creativity? Mickey Royal, talk to us. When I first saw Godfather 3, I could relate and I could see the frustration in his face. And that's been my life. I've made several attempts to go off into other things and certain things have. And I understood what he meant. When you're just trying, you know, you're so much bigger and you know, you can do so much more, but it's like an anchor. You know, it's your power source, it's your medicine and your poison. And it's just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. <laughs> and I could feel him on that. And I was like, you're preaching to the choir, brother. I mean, you know, I, I could really feel that. So it's one of my favorites. Thank you. Very cool quote. I, I, I think we could all use that from time to time for so many reasons. Talking about always saying yes, right, Rachel? Saying yes. and uh, Oh, Mickey said always saying yes and then not saying no. Yes. But Rachel, I'm sure you have to say yes to a lot of things in terms of getting around and moving around the world. Dr. Rachel Winston has sent us her favorite quote stated by Gene Krantz, played by Ed Harris in the movie Apollo 13. And this is a five-word quote. I like the short quotes. This is memorable. You could write it on a, you could crochet it on a pillow, write it somewhere. Failure is not an option. What does this have to do with creativity? Dr. Winston, talk to me. Yeah, I have students who, uh, who come to me and they're sure that they can't get into medical school or they're sure they can't get into vet school or law school or or undergraduate school. And I just say, you know, if you really want to do this, we can figure out a way. I mean, it, it, the only time you quit is when, you know, there is no quitting in life. Um, so I, I just don't believe in quitting. I believe in uh, deciding that you want to do something. And if you hit a brick wall, then you decide, do you want to go left, right, or straight? Now there's a brick wall in front of you. So you have to take them off one brick at a time. But if you're willing to take off bricks, one brick at a time, then anything is possible. Thank you. And that doesn't that remind us all of the final scene in the Tom Hanks movie where he was stranded on the island? Remember his FedEx plane went down? Why is the name of the movie escaping me? Mickey knows the one. And Cast the, away. Cast away. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're a dear. I appreciate that. Uh, I talk to so many people every week, and I get quotes sometimes from 20 people a week on all my radio shows, so forgive me for that. Castaway, and he's sitting at the crossroads, right? And Rachel, he's sitting at those crossroads. Does he go to the right? Does he go to the left? And where is the person who he believes owned the package that was the one that changed his life while he was marooned, cast away. Very interesting. Thank you. Great quote. And let's go to Jennifer's quote. Jennifer, send us a quote from Rachel Lind, the character L-Y-N-D-E, played by Patricia Hamilton. The TV series is from Canada. It's called Road to Avonlea, A-V-O-N-L-E-A, 1990 to 1996. In the U.S., it was called Avonlea and also Tales from Avonlea. She's a busybody, a local busybody, not Jennifer, the character. And self <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. Uh, busy, local busybody, self-appointed moral guardian. Oh, Mickey, oh dear, of Avonlea. Her character appeared originally in Lucy Maud Montgomery's Anne of Green Gables book series. Okay, and here's the quote. You're not safe from surprises 
till you're dead. Oh my, Jennifer, rescue us with that one. Go ahead. I love that quote. Uh, having two simultaneous full-time jobs, uh, I, I know what that means. And what it means that my connection with that and creativity is that the kinds of problems that arise in any profession, and certainly in donkey rescue and working with people in, in any public situation, are there surprises. There are all kinds of, of things to manage. And some of creativity is figuring out how to manage those. And one of the ways in which my two areas of, of interest and areas of responsibility have come together was you read, you asked a little while ago about a pregnant donkey. Do we ever have pregnant donkeys have babies? Sometimes there's nobody here to monitor and these babies can be born anytime 24 seven. So I have a camera on the stall, but if I'm in class, who cares about the camera, right? So I set up an iPad in the front of my classroom. So I'm talking off my PowerPoint, interacting with students and coming up, taking a peek at the iPad every so often to make sure nothing's happening that I need to call the vet. So creativity is for me is problem solving. It's finding unique ways to manage lots of different things at the same time, because there are lots of things going on. Very, very interesting. Thank you all for the movie quotes I re- and the TV quote. I really appreciate that. I usually go to celebrity birthdays and these crazy national holidays we're going to talk about, but I'd like to keep going a little bit more about creativity. So Mickey Royal, you sent me four statements. Everybody sent me there four. And I'm going to read one or two of your statements, and I would like you to just, I'll call it unpack them, Mickey, for me a little bit more. Uh, I like your, your statement number two and three, go, what, number, number one and number three go together. You say creativity is the true uninhibited expression of one's soul. And then you say what makes you creative is that you've never asked nor required permission to be yourself. And I think those two go together nicely. So Mickey, in terms of creativity, in terms of the yes, no, you mentioned before, but in terms of being yourself, how do we know when we're being ourselves? What do you think? Am I being myself now? I think so. What about you, Mickey? Talk to me. Being ourselves has requires no conscious thought. It's, it's totally subconscious, it's freeing. Creativity, I think, is one of the manifestations of freedom, true freedom. And you can just, when you're in a creative mode, you can just feel it flow through you, feel the air pass through you, feel the, the you know, life pass through you, and it feels good, it's timeless. It's, it's, it's mind boggling, I, I love it. It's, um, yeah, creativity is life. Because without creativity, it's, it's like we're dead. You know, it's like constantly building, moving, growing, learning. It's, it's, it's almost, I, I see a picture of a circulatory system almost. Ooh, heartbeat. <laughs> right? And, and you know, I, I have training in comedy. I did stand-up comedy. I had my own troupe for a couple of years long ago on Long Island, New York. And I took some improv training. And people say, oh, let's do improv. Or I don't know how to improv. Right now. We are all improving this conversation. Mickey, did I give you a script of what we're going to talk about? Did I tell you the no. questions? No. Jennifer, did I tell you exactly what? Rachel, did I send you a script for the show? This is an improv. This is a one-hour live radio and Facebook improv. We're making it up as we go along based on Mickey, the true expression of who we are, because I have to believe that you're all being very authentic with me, right? I, there, there are no, no facades right now. I think you're all being very brave and very bold. So thank you. So interesting. Cre- yes, creativity is life. 
Mickey. And once we were creative, we really don't. As I said, we really come with a, an instruction manual. Some people think we do. That's called parents. But after a while, you're on your own. Let's leave it there. Let's go to some creativity statements from Dr. Rachel Winston. Rachel, I like your statement number four. I'm going to read it. And if you'd unpack it for me, you say innovation, creativity is doing what you do better. Every day, approach your tasks from a fresh view of what is possible. I'm going to par parenthetically put, possi put possible to you. The pandemic offered you many opportunities to reinvent work. So talk to us briefly about creativity in terms of innovation. Rachel? Sure. So um, I, I go on world cruises each year. And um, I actually got COVID while I was in China. Um, yeah, in 2020. But anyway, um, so uh, when the pandemic hit, I just said, okay, so what am I going to do? Like, I can't travel. This is my season to travel. What can I do that I've always wanted to do? Because now I have this great opportunity to just invent something from scratch. So poof, I said, let's get on it. So I just started uh, writing. I wrote incessantly. I was actually living in a hotel. Of course, you know, I live in a hotel. I was living in a hotel and my hotel would not, they did not provide sheets or towels or they didn't write anything. They just took a bag and put it outside and said, we don't do this anymore. Um, they, they actually told us that we were lucky. We were get to, we got to stay there and only 10 out of the like 400 units were filled for most of the time, no, no amenities or facilities or any of the things that we were supposed to get. Um, they didn't help us out at all. Um, they said, you're lucky that we have barriers that block COVID from getting to you and you can stay in your room. So I was in my room. So um, fortunately, there's a view of the ocean. So that was kind of good. Outside of that, um, I just started writing and um, I had, you know, my students that I was still meeting, working with medical school applications meet me at my hotel. And um, I, I think in terms of creativity, you have to, you have to think on your feet quickly, something happens, you move on. Um, and I don't think I don't stop to think, okay, so what is my limitation today? I have no limitations today. Um, if I want to do something different tomorrow, then I do it. So um, fortunately, we're going to go back to um, cruising around the world. We have a um, we're going to Africa and Asia and, uh, and Europe and so forth in um, January. So we'll do that. But, um, but even when I'm on a cruise ship, I don't think there's a limitation. In other words, I can meet my students online in a cruise ship. I can write books on a cruise ship. Um, and I have a beautiful view of the water. And even if I don't get off the boat, which I will because it's cool, but um, <laughs> even if I don't get off the boat, um, I can still write and I can still meet with people and I can do everything. I just have a different room to do it with. I don't need to have an office. Most people think of the, um, think of having an office as being, or having a home as being stabilizing. But I feel like stabilizing for me is the ability to be able to travel anywhere in the world and have the freedom um, to explore and understand the world while I do all the things that I've always wanted to do. Thank you. Very interesting point of view. Different lifestyle. Most people think of hotels just a temporary, okay, I can afford two weeks or I have to stay somewhere for three days while I'm at a conference. They don't think of it as a, a permanent. Can I ask you, Rachel, do you stay in the same hotel when you're in the state in the U.S. all the time or do you move from hotel to hotel? Uh, I, I went to Harvard and the University of Chicago. I have eight 
uh, I'm getting my eighth master's degree and my third doctorate. So, um, so I, I'm in school all the time. Anyway, um, so when I was at Harvard, I flew back and forth to Harvard one day a week. So I was in uh, at Harvard or I was back in the United, you know, here in California. Um, when I went to the University of Chicago, none of my classes were online. So all of them were in Chicago. I just had to buy plane tickets. When I got my PhD from UT Austin, I flew every week. Um, I was actually like Jennifer, I was uh, teaching full time in California while I was going to school full time, getting my doctorate in Texas. Um, and it's I mean, you're, these are just minor hurdles. We have planes. If you were going to get in your car, it's the same thing as getting in a plane. So that's how I see it. I, I can relate because when I was a young married student, I moved from Long Island, New York to New Haven, Connecticut. My husband was at Yale and I was at Sarah Lawrence. And every Sunday night, I took Amtrak down to New York and went to Bronxville. I don't know how many trains I had to take and got a cab to the door. I still had a dorm that year. I had a private room. And then on Wednesday nights, I my dad picked me up and took me home to my parents' house. So I got to have a nice cooked meal from my mother. And the next morning, dad put me back on the train. I went back to class at Sarah Lawrence for Thursday. And then I went took the train back to New Haven and I was a married lady for the weekend for two and a half days with my husband. And then I repeated that for a whole semester. So it wasn't airplanes, but it was going back and forth a lot. But I, yeah, those were the days when Sarah Lawrence was all girls. And by the way, anybody remembers, Mickey, do you remember the song? It's my party and I'll of cry. Course. Well, Leslie Gore went to Sarah Lawrence College too, and she was there and I ran into her in the bookstore and I didn't say anything to her. So there. Okay. You was, don't own her. Oh, I did a music. <laughs> I did a music. I had a TV show called Something to Talk About on, in Great Neck, Long Island. I did a music video and I tried to learn to sing the part and we had we actually staged a gymnasium scene as a dance and I'm with the boyfriend and he's looking at somebody and I'm looking at somebody over each other's shoulders. We got everybody's families to come and populate the gym as though it was a high school dance. And we went, we had somebody had a house on the water on Long Island and I actually threw his ring into the water. It was a fake ring, but it looked on the video like it was a gold ring and we substituted plastic ring. And I, I said, you don't own me. And we did a whole music video and my voice was so bad. They brought in a girl singer and they dubbed it over. I'm sorry. So, Anyway, I saw Leslie Gore in the bookstore at Sarah Lawrence College. I did. But I wasn't there. I wasn't there when Barbara Walters was there. That was too long before me. And I wasn't there when Yoko Ono was there. But a lot of famous people went there. Anyway, Jennifer, I'm looking at your notes on creativity. You wrote me a little book, and I love it. Let me read this one because it's a little different from what Rachel and Mickey said. You say, creativity is inspiring collaboration recognizing the talents of others, building on their own strengths to achieve a shared mission. And along with that, I'm going to read a little bit from your second, your third statement. Creativity is telling engaging stories that motivate people. Let's talk about the collaborative aspects of creativity. Jennifer, you're up. Yeah, there, when you work in any field, you can't do it all alone. The rescue is always a team effort. My other job, teaching, it's always a team effort. Work as a member of a department, of a program. And I think one of the ways to accomplish the most is to figure out what other people do well and let them do it and not try to be a type A, which I am, and do it myself because I think, oh, it'll be better if I do it myself, but it won't. So we have volunteers that work for our organization. One is a retired vet. It's fabulous to have a volunteer who's a retired vet. She's you know, a great resource and, and a help. We have one who's a photographer, a local photographer. And so any good pictures that I ever have to post 
to try to inspire adoptions or to do any publicity. Those come from her. You can always look at our Facebook page and tell which pictures I took and which ones she took. It's, it's very obvious. So <laughs> finding the things that people do. We have a retired carpenter who spent the weekend with us putting in two shelters and, and doing what he does best. And I helped him. I carried stuff and made suggestions that he didn't really appreciate. But <laughs> that's how it goes. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think finding what people do best and, and getting them on track for that, uh, it, in, it, it makes them a part of the mission. We share the same desires, so why not everybody use their gifts and, and truly collaborate? Because your, your best creativity comes when everybody's working together and, and working well together. So for me, that, that's an important part of what we do. Thank you. And you're, did you tell us who, what the names are of the donkeys behind you today right now on the show? Um, that's Greta. And Greta. Danny is over on the other side. Greta and Danny are actually special donkeys. We use them for... Uh, for fundraising events, we take them places, but we also have taken them during COVID, the height of COVID, a local re- uh, retirement center asked us to bring them and we walked around and the residents got to pet them and, and interact nice. with them and they weren't able to see their families, but they could see uh, Danny and Greta and, and brought back a lot of memories for some of them that had had animals in the past. It was quite meaningful. That's that's creative and collaborative mm. in the truest sense of the word. Thank you. Yeah. I just and I want to say that they are collaborating very well with you and being very polite on the so radio. far. <laughs> Mick, Mickey, aren't you impressed with with Danny and Greta, Mickey? Yeah, really? how well behaved. Yeah, there we go. So there and and Rachel, don't try to bring them into a hotel room. I don't think that would work. Let me rattle off a couple of famous birthdays today. I've got a whole long list, and I'm just going to go through them real fast. If you know who they are, just raise your hand and yell out "Happy Birthday!" Actor John Jean Claude Van Damme. 60 today. He's finally a grown-up. Everybody knows who he is. Wave your hand. Musician Winton Marsalis is 59. He's one year shy of 60. God bless him. Uh, Let's see. Actress Frida Pinto is 36. Zac Efron, Mm -hmm. the pretty boy. I'm sorry about that. 33. Joe Morton. I love Joe Morton. He was in Scandal. Does anybody anybody watch Scandal? Uh, With... um, Yes, we all know who she is. Kerry Washington. And he was her dad. And he was nothing short of evil. Four-letter word, E-V-I-L. Joe Morton was evil personified. No matter what he did, he was evil, and he was fabulous in the role. Pam Dauber, remember Mork and Mindy? She's 70, and she has recently finished playing, I think finished, Marcy, a reporter who's looking for a serial killer on NCIS. Pretty buddy-buddy with Jeffro Gibbs, played by, you know, Mark Harmon, and Mark Harmon left the show, and Gary Cole is taking over as the lead, which is shock and amazement to me, because Gary Cole is on at least four different TV series a year now. He's like the most popular guy. I don't know how old he is, but he's, you know, from The Good Wife, and he was on FAM, and he's on Mixed-ish, he's on Blackish, and now he's on NCIS. Every time you turn around, Gary Cole is another job. Good for him. Uh, tennis champion, Martina Navratilova, 64 today. Chuck Lorre, the TV writer and producer. Does anybody ever look at the cards at the end of the Chuck Lorre shows? Did you ever see there's a, it's like a bumper card and it has a, it's a Chuck Lorre card number 73. And it's a whole, like an essay. If you've never seen them, Google Chuck Lorre cards. I don't remember what the name of them is. And they're little essays about what he thinks about either the show that he just produced or something in the world. And they're absolutely fabulous. So go find those. I'll try to send the link to all of you. Let's see who we got. Uh, Vicki Winans is 67 today. Victor Spano, the actor, rhythm and, Bu- rhythm and blues singer actor Neo, newcomer, 41. Chuck Berry, by the way, was born today. He passed away 
four years ago at the age of 91. Now, I have a couple of YouTube stars and Instagram stars and a reality star whose names I think are just fascinating. I don't know them, but there's somebody named Levi Morales, who at five years old is a YouTube star. So everybody say happy birthday, Levi. Come on. Happy birthday, happy birthday Levi. Birthday. There we go. We have a YouTube star named Opto. O-P-T-O, who's 26. We have a YouTube star who's seven years old. Her name is Emily Tube, T-U-B-E, for like YouTube, okay. We have a 33-year-old YouTube star named Glitter Forever 17. Mick, have you ever heard of her? No, I'm, I I'm afraid. I'm afraid to ask if you ever ran into her. We'll, we'll, leave, that one, we'll leave that one alone. We have a 15-year-old Instagram star named Bad Kid Bam, B-A-M, Bad Kid Bam. Okay, no message there. We have an Instagram star named T-R-V-P Trimpf. Girl Dallas, she's 21. Happy birthday. We have a rapper named Baby Bash. I have no idea who he is. And we have a reality star named Sassy. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just go around with names like Sassy and Bodacious and Outrageous and Gorgeous? And well, I'm sorry, I'm getting too carried away here. Let's do some holidays. I want to find out. We've got about 14 minutes left. We have time for holidays. Today, Monday, October 18th, it's National Chocolate Cupcake Day and No Beard Day. Mickey, I'm going to you first. You like chocolate cupcakes? Yes, I do. What about no beard day? Are you not you're not celebrating, are you? Yeah. No, I'm gonna skip this year for about the thirtieth year. <laughs> well, how about that? Jennifer, what are you? Chocolate cupcake day? You celebrate that? Well, I don't celebrate the beard. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously not. I wasn't talking to you, but what about chocolate cupcake day? Are you okay? uh, unfortunately I like them. Yes. I've I've given up most of my gluten, but chocolate sixty percent chocolate chips, keep them in the freezer. Okay. Rachel, chocolate cupcake day. Are you celebrating? Uh, no, right now I'm from protein shakes. So, um, you know, I have to get ready for a, a world cruise. So, you oh, know, that's right. It's really pretty outfits on a world cruise without, you know, doing. And we know how much you can gain on a cruise, too. There we go. Tomorrow, Tuesday, October 19th is National Seafood Bisque Day. Anybody remember what seafood bisque tastes like? It's a thick cream soup that might have shrimp floating in it or a lobster or something. Very thick soup, a bisque. Look at a B-I-S-Q-U-E, like she's got a bisque complexion. Means almost like China. Very, very, very smooth, very creamy. It's Evaluate Your Life Day. Mickey, you already did that, didn't you? Yes, I did. And I have to skip that one because I have shellfish allergies. Oh, so we won't do bisque, but you can evaluate your life. I think you're past that already. But Mickey, tomorrow is also National New Friends Day. You going to make any new friends tomorrow, Mickey? Uh, maybe. I no, think you, I'm not. <laughs> I, think you're, I think you made your new friends here tonight. Yes, Does I have. Be- and I wanted to say to uh, Dr. Rachel, um, from the last time we crossed paths or first met, I was thinking about her and I've kind of like gotten on board so in five days from now, I'll be living in Rosarita Beach, Mexico, and um, it's a nice condo and everything, and I plan to travel. I said, wait a minute. My money's directly deposited. The lady from the summit, she did X, Y, and Z. I can move around, too. There's some places I want to see. So the, I, I have a year lease there, and who knows from there. There you awesome. go. See, you make the nicest friends coming to the summit, coming on my show. Look at this. You got to tell Rachel what you're doing and how she impacted you right here on live radio and, and YouTube. I'm sorry. We're not on YouTube yet. We're on Facebook. Jennifer, what about you? New friends day, evaluate your life day. We'll skip the seafood bis. That's a little too complicated to make. What about you? Uh, sure. I, I'd be happy to, to do either of those things. And Rachel, if you ever find it, you know, they have dog friendly hotels. If, if you find one that's donkey friendly, mm-hmm. I want to know about it. <laughs> yeah. 
I'll look for you. There you go. And Rachel, I bet you're making new friends every time you travel somewhere. You must be, right? Uh, Right now, I have a lot of students. So um, yeah, 18 hours a day of students. So I make a lot of friends. There you go. Wednesday, October 20th is International Chef's Day. I hope you have a good chef on your cruise. It's Information Overload Day. Do you ever wake up, Mickey, and say, damn, I'm probably going to get 250 emails and about 1,400 messages and 59 spam calls on my phone. I'm on Information Overload. Well, officially, it's Wednesday, Mickey. So anybody who's bothering you, tell them to all do it on Wednesday. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm a former textbook narcissist who still feeds off the attention. No, it would be it would be quite the opposite for me. I'm like, no emails, no phone calls, no nothing. Nobody stalking me or anything. I'm just not important. Oh, no, it would, it would work the opposite for me. Oh, you are important. You're here. I invited you up. Everybody tell Mickey, one, two, three, you are important. Ladies, let's do it. One, two, three. You, you are, are important. important. Thank you. You're welcome, Mickey. We we just need to be you're part of our new Friends Day. Wednesday is also National Brandied Fruit Day. I think that's ahead of uh, fruitcake for the holidays. It's uh, Miss American Rose Day. It's International Chef's Day. I said that already. And it's the National Day of writing. So, Rachel, Uh that one's for you. Now, Thursday is getting in the holiday spirit. It's National Pumpkin Cheesecake Day. Did anybody go to the Cheesecake Factory and order pumpkin cheesecake? Jennifer, Rachel, Mickey, anybody? Uh, I used to be a regular at the Cheesecake Factory, but I've never had pumpkin. Well, I think maybe you want to do that if you're near one on Thursday. It's Back to the Future Day. Let's go with Doc Brown. And yes, it's Celebration of the Mind Day. I think we all do that every day. It's National Apple Day. And it's National Count Your Buttons Day. I'm not wearing any buttons. And it's International Day of the Nacho. So what would you prefer for Thursday, Mickey Royal? Pumpkin Cheesecake Day or Day of the Nacho or Apple Day? What's your favorite? That's I'm going to say choices. the pumpkin cheesecake because I've never had it. I'm Again, I'm from Los Angeles, so I've been eating nachos since, like, kindergarten. So I would take the pumpkin the cheesecake. Just for different. Jennifer, what about you? Pumpkin cheesecake, day of the nacho, or apple day? Apples for them, nachos for me. Oh, you're very, you're very collaborative. Rachel, <laughs> yeah. what, Rachel, what about you? What do you be celebrating? going to imagine pumpkin cheesecake. I, I have lactose intolerance, so every time I see the pumpkin cheesecake, I go, mm, that would be delicious. I'll just use it in my imagination. There you go. And I will tell you that Weight Watchers has a wonderful recipe where you take Cool Whip Light or the Cool Whip Fat-Free and you soften it a little bit and you add a can of pumpkin puree that does not have any sugar in it. And then you can add some pumpkin pie spice and you cool that in your refrigerator. It's like a pudding and you serve it and it's delicious. A little more Cool Whip on top. And that's that's a meeting of the minds halfway. It's not quite cheesecake. There's no crust on it, but it's really good and very, very Goes down easy, delicious, and of course you can sweeten it with whatever your choice is. Friday is International Caps Lock Day. Mickey, how often are you typing on your keyboard and you discover that caps are locked? Not anymore because it was always a mistake. Um, That would be the main problem of typing in my password when I'm trying to log on. I'm like, I know what this is. It's the same as it was yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) You look up and see the little light and like, okay, okay, it's me. Because you want to blame everybody, like, should I call the company? Should I call tech support? I mean, well, should, should I write the CEO? And you go, or then you feel embarrassed, even though you're home alone. You'll look around and go, oh, I had the cat. So it's me. Okay. And you put your head down, like, it's, it's my mistake. But yes, it's only well, by accident. Well, Mickey, a lot of people 
I'm going to say people who are not internet savvy think that you're supposed to send emails and type everything in all caps. We know that. And the rest of us interpret that as yelling. Don't you yell at me. Stop with the damn caps, right? But I have to tell everybody that Friday is also smart is cool day and it's national nut day. Now, I don't know if that means being nutty or Brazil nut, walnut, cashew, Oh, macadamia, you know, all of those. So what do you think? Would you be celebrating International Caps Lock Day, Jennifer? Or don't, do, the, do you teach the donkeys how to type? No. Some, peop- oh, some people <laughs> teach their monkeys and their simians how to type. No, no they no. don't type. They make enough noise all on their own. They don't need yeah. to have any other form of communication. There you go. Rachel, have you ever found yourself with Caps Lock and didn't realize it like Mickey? Uh, not too frequently. I type all the time. So I'm like, my fingers are stuck to a keyboard. Well, once in a while, the caps lock on the Mac keyboard, which is next to the A, if I'm typing fast, I'll look up and that little green light is on and say, why? (gasps) I did it. Okay, we'll undo that. Now, I have a big surprise for all of you. Saturday is a day. It's got so many holidays. I just want you to put your seatbelt on for a second because this is crazy. So Saturday, October 23rd is National Slap Your Annoying Coworker Day. I'm going to say virtual, okay, virtual. Slap virtual or your virtual annoying co-work. It's also National Pitbull Awareness Day. See, I told you this was a crazy day. It's also National iPod Day. Does anybody still have iPods? It's National Make a Difference Day. And to round it all off, it's Boston Cream Pie Day. Mickey, would you slap an annoying coworker even virtually? Seriously, do we dare do that today? Today? No, in my former profession, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one alone. Yeah. Rachel, slap an annoying coworker. Would you do that virtually? You've been slapped. What do you think? No, but I could have the Boston cream pie in a heartbeat. <laughs> there you go. Jennifer, what about you? Annoying coworkers? No, I would bring them in and let the donkeys take care of it. I would... <laughs> I would bring them in and make them celebrate National Pitbull Awareness Day. Let's just leave that one alone. That's how I would do it. Sunday the 24th is National Drake's birthday. Happy birthday, Drake. It's National Bologna Day. How many people grew up with mommy making bologna sandwiches for school lunch boxes? Anybody like me? Yes, bologna, of course. Bologna mayonnaise, white bread, a little piece of lettuce slapped on yes. it. Yep. Yeah. Jennifer, no? My mom hated bologna, so I lucked out. What did she make for you? Tuna. <laughs> <laughs> well, that has the good and the bad. My mom liked liverwurst, but I prevented her from ever putting that in my sandwich. But it was a couple pieces. Mickey, was it white bread? Uh, was it whole wheat bread? What kind of bread did your mom make it's, for you? It started off as white, and then she went through a health kick, and it went to wheat. And in high school, God forbid, it was pita. <laughs> oh, no. I had those bean sprouts and those <sighs> and those thin deli meats. And the, everything was a pita pocket. If I went in the morning, it was eggs in there and all kind of meat. That was my breakfast. I just, I don't know what she was going through. Then she went through a walk stage <laughs> where everything was stir fried. So needless to say, I ate out a lot. <laughs> I had my own <laughs> but yeah, she went through stages. But yeah, the, the white bread was cool. Uh, the pita, it, it was a bit rough. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Well, I remember bologna sandwiches, actually, every day. But in my house, we didn't use Hellman's mayonnaise. My mom liked Miracle Whip. And to this day, I will pick up a jar. I eat the light version now, L-I-T-E. But to this day, I will bypass the Hellman's mayonnaise. I don't like that kind of a flat, eggy flavor. And I like the spicy, exciting flavor of, of, uh, of what did I say, Miracle Whip. Anybody else prefer Miracle Whip over Hellman's? You do, you do too? Jennifer, what about you? 
No preference. No preference. Mickey, what about you? What kind of mayo do you like? I usually use the, uh, the regular craft kind, but I do like oh. Miracle Whip. But the thing with Miracle Whip is I have to spread it on the bread thin. The other kind of mayonnaise I can put actually on the meat. You know, a little thicker, but I spread the Miracle Whip really thin because it has that tang to it. Does have that tang to yeah. it. Yes, got to have a glass of water or soda or something stronger. And let's finish this off with next Monday because I'm not on the air till 6 p.m., 7 p.m. rather, Eastern time. It's the day that British summertime ends on the 25th of October. I don't think anybody here is in the U.K. It's Katy Perry's birthday. Well, happy birthday, lady who never looks the same from season to season. She's short blonde now. She was brunette. I never know what she's going to look like. It's National Greasy Foods Day. Interesting on Monday. We staying away from greasy foods. Everybody raise their hands if we're staying away from greasy foods. Yeah, Jennifer. Oh, Jennifer likes greasy foods. My mom just turned ninety this year, and her her modus operandi was is uh, anything fried, salty, and ice cream. So if she can make it to ninety doing that, I I'm hoping I have the same genes. Sweetheart, my mom made it to 100 and she ate whatever she wanted. Yep. <laughs> Lived alone, no aid, no nurse, no nothing. Played bridge, mahjong, played the piano for groups of people up to the day she died. And it's just amazing. And she ate whatever she wanted. Didn't mm-hmm. smoke, didn't, alcohol didn't agree with her, but she liked a little Chardonnay with dinner once in a while. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah, that's a different generation where they weren't afraid to eat stuff, right? They could just, yes. So it's also National mother-in-law day on monday does anybody have a mother-in-law mine's long gone anybody have a mother-in-law they're going to celebrate mickey jennifer no okay we'll leave that one alone it's world pasta day i gave it up but you know what i might just have to make some i don't know some spaghetti once in a while do you just or penne with a little bit of grated cheese over the top mickey are you a penne fan are you a pasta fan i'm a food fan (laughs) i'll try anything twice you know and i used to be Quite the shellfish connoisseur. I had this thing for campuchana, and I would eat it almost every day. And I guess I hit my limit. Like with the doctor saying around age 36, that was it. I couldn't have shellfish anymore. Oh, that was yesterday for you. By the way, it's also International Artist Day. I will tell you that I'm now up to, I have 150 paintings I've done. You write books, Rachel? I paint. I have about 150 paintings in almost every room in my house and my garage is an art gallery. Yes, a lot of fun. And it's also Sourest Day on Monday. And I looked it up, Sourest Day, and we only have one minute left. I got to go. Sourest Day is when you... Have something to pucker up, like a lemon or a lemon stop or something like that. Listen, I want to say thank you to the three of you. I have had a wonderful time, absolutely wonderful time. I want to do a shout out to Josh, our engineer. Everybody say thank you, Josh. One, two, three. Thank you, Josh. Thank, thank you, Josh. Josh. There we go. And everybody's audio sounded really, really good. And I have some closing messages here. Quick website, Mickey, where do you want people to go for you? Website? Uh, Amazon.com or MickeyRoyal.com. Mick, M-I-C-K-E-Y-R-O-Y-A-L. Dr. Rachel Winston, quick, where, where can people go to find you? CollegeLizard.com. Thank you very much. Jennifer Ewald, where can people find you? TheFarmet.org. F-A-R-M-E-T-T-E dot O-R-G. All right, here are my closing messages. Life is short. Break the rules. We are still doing that, aren't we, Mickey? Forgive yeah, quickly. Are. Kiss slowly. It's the only way, let me tell you. Love truly. Laugh. Ah! uncontrollably and never regret anything that made you smile. And my final closing remarks, work like you don't need the money because at some point everybody does and just it look like you're enjoying it. Dance like nobody's watching. And when I was teaching disco, hustle, ballroom dancing, Latin, 
everybody watched. Sing like nobody's listening, and I promise you I won't sing. Love like you've never been hurt, because damn it, we all have. Just get over it. The heart regenerates. It grows back. We can learn to love ourselves. We can learn to love other people in so many ways. Money talks, chocolate sings, and last but not least, and I stole this line from somebody else. Thank you for turning me on. Radio Red, over and out. Thank you very much for listening. Josh, we're ready to close down here. Bye, Facebook. Bye. Go, don't go away. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.